some of the new uh, guidelines as far as church service. And joining us right now on the program, he is the assistant chancellor. And uh, joining us is Father Nathan Ritchie. Good morning, Father Nathan Ritchie. Good morning. Good morning, John. How are you doing? I'm very well, Father. Thank you for joining us uh, on this uh, delightful Thursday. And uh, I appreciate the time. And, and a lot of people are very excited when the, uh, the governor yesterday, it was actually Bishop Tobin before the governor's press briefing where Bishop Tobin laid out some of the guidelines. And I want to give you a chance to just kind of walk people through what their expectations should be and how everything could be implemented successfully. Sure. Well, John, let me just first say that we're thrilled to be back to Mass, right? This is what we've been waiting for. So thanks be to God on the Feast of Pentecost, we'll gather again in our churches. And, you know, the bishop wanted to do so to open up the churches in as safe a manner as possible. So to answer your question, we have some guidelines that we've given to the faithful to help orient this process. So what is Mass going to look like? Well, first of all, let me just reiterate that the bishop continues to dispense all Catholics from the obligation to attend Sunday and Holy Day Masses. So those who are uncomfortable or who feel prudently that, that they should remain at home have legitimate reason to do so. We're going to ask that everyone sanitizes his or her hands and wears a mask before entering church. Also, mass will be limited to a percentage of the capacity of the church as specified in the fire code, right? So we're used to big masses, which is great, but unfortunately, because of the risk of infection, we need to limit the amount of people in the same place at one time. Another change you'll see, John, is that we're going to have limited singing. Because of the risk of aerosolized particles in the air due to singing and other sorts of things, uh, singing, singing is going to have to be limited. Another important thing is that your budget envelope will be placed in a secure receptacle, so there'll be no passing of the basket, there'll be no ushers going around with a basket to ensure as safe a manner as possible. We are asking that those who are sick stay at home, and we are encouraging those who might have underlying health conditions or are otherwise vulnerable to also remain at home. Also, communion is going to be, that's obviously the big crux of the matter, right? Everyone is asking about, well, how can you distribute communion safely? And believe me, there's no easy answer that's going to obviate all risk of infection. But what we tried to do is, while respecting the sublime dignity of the Eucharist, we also wanted to make sure that we had plans in place to distribute communion safely. So what we're doing is that every priest, deacon, or extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, as we call them, will sanitize his or her hands before distributing Holy Communion. And we're asking that the faithful receive on the hand. We're encouraging them to receive on the hand while wearing their mask. And they'll take off part of the mask to receive the sacred host. And then the next parishioner will come up. And then finally, at the end of mass, in order to avoid close congregation, we're asking that parishioners disperse intermittently, always keeping six feet distance between each other. Now, Father, and again, folks, uh, in case you're just joining us with me, is Father Nathan Ritchie, who is the assistant chancellor. Uh, I think also, Father, it, um, it needs to be explained that if you have family members, so you arrive in church together, your family members, you're coming from the same household. Do those individuals Correct. also have to be six feet apart? Or it's my understanding it no. should really just be, you know, you go to church, there's someone you don't know who's sitting in the pew. That you should be six feet apart. But. If you have a family of four, let's just say, that arrive at Mass together, there's no reason for them to be six feet apart. No, exactly. You're absolutely right, John. And so this will be clear in our directives. Uh, 
that if you are a family living in the same household, you can sit close to each other because you've been living close to each other. So it yes. doesn't make sense to have you separate six feet. However, we're not just going to leave people to kind of find a spot in the church. We're going to have it organized by when you enter the church, an usher or a volunteer or a staff member will direct you toward the most appropriate seat. So there will be markers on the pews, and for instance, we'll mark off every other pew so that everyone can maintain that radius of six feet. Father, also, um, what about uh, if someone shows up? Should they contact their parish? For instance, what if too many people arrive at the same mass? Um, is that Great something? Yeah, yeah, is that something that's going to be announced ahead of time? Yes. Yeah, so, as we said in our directives, obviously every parish has its own unique circumstances. Some parishes have very easy mechanisms to contact everyone through email. Other parishes might take a little more time to contact everyone via phone or some other means. So, what we're saying is every parish should devise a way whereby you can limit the capacity in the church. So for instance, one parish might use the means of a ticket system. Much like in Rome, in order to get into a papal mass, you need to get a ticket beforehand. And so you would have a sort of reservation system whereby you would know that there's enough space for you at, say, the 930 mass. It is possible to do a first come, first serve, but that, of course, would mean that once you reach the limit, we'd have to ask other people to come home or come rather to go home or to go to the next mass. So I would say means is to figure out some sort of reservation mechanism, much like restaurants are doing. And I hate to compare it to a restaurant, but the analogy helps us to better understand how we might go about this. Folks, with this is Father Nathan Ritchie. And and Father, what about, do you think in going through this, um, will the Mass be longer than normal, or will it be shorter than normal, or the same amount of time? That's an interesting question. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but I'm hoping that it's going to be the same amount of time because think about it. If we have less people, we're going to have shorter uh, communion lines. But obviously, because we're being more diligent about sanitizing hands, that's also going to take a little bit of time. So I think in the end, it'll probably work out to be the same amount of time unless the pastor decides to preach for a long time, I suppose. Okay. And also, my I was just thinking, if you have limited singing, now there'll be music, but... A lot of times, it's, it's the music Then you know, I, I remember when I used, was growing up, we'd go to a 7.30, I think it was even 7 o'clock mass at St. Paul's, and for whatever, you know, they didn't have music at that. And my brother and I, we didn't mind, because it was basically 30 minutes, where if you went to the 8.15 mass, that would be 45 minutes, somewhere right in that area. So I was just thinking with limited singing, less people. It could end up being fast, but if, if, if people are taking their time, and I think, Father, the bigger thing is going to be when people line up to go to communion, that's where you don't want people bunching up close to each other. Uh, other than that, it certainly sounds well-organized. Yeah. What about uh, any oh, thought? Any, any go ahead. For that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was the one that actually asked Governor Mundo yesterday that in Massachusetts, they're allowing 40% of capacity. Rhode Island is 25% of capacity. But I did see Bishop Tobin put on Twitter that he was more than happy with the 25% number. Absolutely. And you should know, John, that that number was developed in consultation with both the bishop, the health experts, and the governor. So it was a mutually agreed upon percentage. And I think, you know, we looked at our situation here in Rhode Island, we looked at the different metrics, and we decided that starting off at least, it wouldn't be a bad idea to start with this number, because that number can always increase, right? Yes. Yeah. What I also like about that, Father, is I like if they're starting to move into percentages. A problem that I've had 
is um, I think it's very difficult when there's always this thing of like no more than five and no more than 10. But if you move into percentages, you know, that's a lot easier for a restaurant. Say, you know, you shouldn't be more than 40 percent capacity and so forth. Father Nathan um, Richie, I'm also just curious. Is there any thought to um, having some services in this nice weather outside? I know it wouldn't be the same as being inside. But something that we have learned, you, you are seeing some churches down south that have had to close after they reopened because of an outbreak. We know the virus, it's more inclined to spread inside as opposed to outside. And, and I'm just curious, for instance, I, um, I worship at Our Lady of Mercy with Father Healy in East Greenwich. And right next door to, you know, not next door, but part of the, the, the property is, you know, there's a beautiful lawn there. And uh, after First Communion, the families have gathered there for photos and after confirmation they've gathered there. And I've just thought that in the nice weather, that would be kind of easy if, and again, I haven't spoke with Father Healy about this, but if there was some kind of a mass outside, and then you don't even have to worry about that whole element of being inside. Well, as you know, Our Lady of Mercy is a great parish and a very large church. Yes. And I know that Father Healy will be able to provide whatever he needs to do. And for instance, what we've suggested is that opening the windows and opening the doors Good. in the beautiful weather we have right now in May and June will allow fresh air to circulate in the church. And as you know, John, a place like Our Lady of Mercy has a lot of space. Yes. So you'll be able to spread out a lot in that church, whereas Mercy Park, which is next to the church, is even smaller, I think. So certainly in this case, it would be more appropriate, I would think, to be in the church with the windows open and the doors open to circulate fresh air. Can you also just touch on when, uh, instead of collections, they're not going to be going around with the basket. How can people make their contribution to their different churches? Sure. Well, one thing, thanks be to God, that we've had is electronic giving. So if a parish had that opportunity, which most do, parishioners can continue to give electronically. But if that's not available, what we will have is a secure receptacle upon entry or upon leaving the church. So basically, you'll come right to church, just drop your budget envelope in this secure receptacle without touching anything. Or when you leave, you could do the same thing. So that avoids passing the basket. And it also avoids our ushers, many of whom are elderly, from going around and making contact with different parishioners. Father Richie, also, let me ask you, um, will anyone be allowed in the church if they're not wearing a mask? So we are certainly strongly encouraging everyone to wear a mask. However, health experts have also told us that there are situations where one shouldn't wear a mask. For instance, a baby under the under the age of two or if someone had severe asthma. So these would be circumstances, obviously, where a person wouldn't wear a mask. But the vast majority of people, it is our understanding, should certainly be wearing a mask at church. Would Jesus wear a mask? <laughs> Well, that's an interesting point. You'd have to ask uh, the Lord himself. I don't want to speak for him. Well, I mean, he was around contagious, but people, whether it be the lepers, what have you. uh, But people, you know, what about people that say when they're in the presence of God, they want to have, you know, our likenesses and our faces in the likeness of God. And I don't want my likeness to be hidden by a mask. And because I've had gotten email from people that feel that they wouldn't be true to their religious core beliefs uh, if they wore a mask. And I have responded to some of them saying, I I don't believe the God that I believe in, and I went to Catholic school for 12 years, 
is not a God that would want to put anyone in jeopardy of risking their health or the health of others in, in the case of, of a mass. So I don't think they should look at it that way. No, yeah, you got a good point there. One of the core principles, one of the core beliefs as Christians is that we show to others acts of charity, right? that we care about other people and that we serve the common good. And so it wouldn't make any sense to say that we should just assume that God is going to take care of us and we can live our ways in ways which might affect other people negatively by risk of infection and things along those lines. You know, we're a faith that's also reasonable. Faith and reason go together. And it's reasonable to take measured and legitimate precautions to protect the health of other people, which is an act of charity, which, of course, as you know, is a theological virtue, something very important to us as Catholics. And Father, before I let you go, uh, you know, as I, like everyone else, when I walk into church, I like to uh, bless myself with the holy water. When I leave, I like to bless myself with the holy water. But what will be the situation with the holy water? Sure. So as is the case in most churches, if not all, all the holy water fonts um, have been removed, or as to say, the water has been removed from the fonts. So we already did that some weeks ago. But certainly you would not be even having the opportunity to, to use holy water because, again, of the risk of infection. Okay. Now, this is uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up. So the churches, if I understand this, Father Nathan Ritchie, the first mass that's going to be said, I believe, would then be a week from this Saturday. And then Sunday, of course, is the first official Sunday that the parishes are open. Exactly. So pastors can begin with the Vigil of Pentecost. That's the Mass Saturday evening. Well, that is uh, great news, folks. Father Nathan Ritchie, uh, Father, thank you for joining us. Uh, so glad Thanks, people are so here. relieved. It is essential, and um, and we'll talk to you again. God bless you. All right. Well. Thank you, folks. Father Nathan Ritchie.